Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. Oh, oh, heavens to Betsy. It has been a weekend. We're recording on a Sunday evening again, friends. You might be listening to this on a Monday afternoon or a Tuesday morning or, I don't know, driving in your car or some random place. But welcome to this thing that we call the Misfit Messengers podcast. Hey, Amanda. This is hey, episode. What? This is episode seventy. Oh, like man. seven my, zero. My dad told me I wouldn't amount to much. Yet here <laughs> I am. But I'm just kidding. That's not true. Yeah, it's what it is. I mean, we just. I guess it just means we're tenacious with this thing. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, well, we definitely have to do something for hundred. So, but we got it. We got time because we still got thirty more episodes. Yeah, friends, let us know what what should we do for our thirtieth or our hundredth episode. Yeah, what should we do for our hundredth episode? Maybe we'll Misfit finally Messengers. make those T-shirts. Maybe I was gonna say Misfit Messengers the musical. No, 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 no. <laughs> then I can finally pull in my other duties as a sign segment. That's true. Maybe we introduce that segment in the hundred. Maybe, maybe, maybe the hundred episode episode is just a bunch of clips of friends of ours who we ask them that question. <laughs> I love that idea. Okay, How I don't from an later. editing perspective, but all right. <laughs> I don't edit, so I don't care. That's your job. <laughs> oh, friends! If this is your first episode, thank you for getting through the introduction. Um, <laughs> we are we're two misfits. Uh, two friends who uh, decided to do this, well, over a year ago because we, one, wanted to hang out together and we are in different states. So we do this over Zoom and we record so that you get to listen to our conversation. But it's also an attempt uh, at us just uh, talking about Jesus, the Bible, walking our faith out in real life, uh, good, bad, and ugly of that sometimes, and just trying to glorify God in the whole process. So hmm. that's who we are and what we're about. And right now, and we are actually in the middle of a kind of a series on the book, The Letter of First John. And we are tonight at First John chapter four, verse seven. And I was informing Amanda prior to us hitting record about a song that I learned when I was a child that was first first John four, seven and eight. And she didn't know it. So I was giving her the lowdown on this song. So if you do know it, feel free to sing. I did not grow up with nerdy Christian culture. So I guess I'm missing out. You know, I did not either. Somehow this one made made it through the cracks. I don't know. It just, but it made it. It's stuck in my head now. It's a thing. Uh, Y'all can Google it or YouTube it or whatever y'all finagled newbies do. Um, But we're going to try and, hey, I feel very old at times. So I just got finished with a weekend with a bunch of teenagers and young adults. And I will tell you that their language has changed. <laughs> and I did not understand much of the conversation that these kids were having because they were using words that I thought I understood the meanings of, but I did not in point of fact understand what they were meaning by those words. So for example, the word drip. Do you know what the word drip means? Yeah, it's your clothes. I did not know this. I well, thought... I have I have kids, and I you know hang out. I lurk outside of rooms. 
you know, when they're talking to each other. So, you know. Fair. Yeah, I thought, you know, drip like coffee drip or (laughs) drip drop. I was very confused about. So that was just one. Is it raining outside? I don't. Right. Is there a faucet (laughs) leaking in the bathroom? Like, what is going on? Uh, When I tried to, like, speak the lingo, we were like, just just don't. Just don't. Just don't. So. (laughs) Well, I'm not going to attempt because I would hate to say the wrong thing. So. But anyway, back to the Bible, where at least in the in the translation I have, I I understand much of it. Um, wouldn't say I've got it perfected, but I'm I'm well on my way. So we're gonna read First John chapter four, verse seven through the end of that chapter, which is till verse twenty one. And I believe you read last time, so if you're mm-hmm. good, I'll, I'll read this time. Please do. I'd be delighted. Excellent. I have the new international version this evening. This is what it says. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit, and we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in him and he in God. So, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world, we are like him. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. Hmm. All right. So that's a lot of repetition and and those of us those of you guys who have been listening for a while and kind of listen through first john other chapters in in the beginning chapters of, of the letter to first john you're seeing a lot of repetition uh understand that this was a verbalized thing they wouldn't have necessarily had the text many people couldn't read then and so these repetitions were really a way to get it sunk into people's minds as a mm-hmm. a way to remind them about this love. And and John is very concerned in these letters as well as his gospel talking about that God is love, Jesus is love and if you if you claim to have him then you will love. Like that's a natural outpouring of what happens when you believe in Jesus is that when you walk in him you will love. Mm. 
so I was, uh, I've just been, um, kind of going through today on, um, things about sin, which I talked about. So Salvation Army doctrine class I'm in, and we were in the doctrine of original sin, essentially, but I got a little bit of a topic on the law, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, what does it mean to, to honor God? Mm -hmm. And in that we, we ended up talking about, um, the 10 commandments, right? And the 10 commandments were really split somewhat down between this is the way you honor God. And this is the way you honor people around mm -hmm. you. Yeah. And by honoring people around you, you are honoring God and you cannot honor God. If you do not honor people around you, like, it really does go hand in hand. And, and I know, I think we talk sometimes about this pendulum swing that can happen in the minds of people. Yeah. Where, you know, if we go all God honor, right. Mm -hmm. Then often what happens culturally or in church culture is that we start to exclude whatever we think doesn't honor God. Right. Yeah. So we just look in like those types of people are not God honoring people. Therefore, we don't want anything to do with them because if we associate with them, we're going to be seen like we don't honor God and then it's going to become a whole mess. And so we tend to kick people out of things or whatever. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then you can swing the other way where you honor people so much that we forget that there's a standard mm -hmm. and that there is God who yep. does need to be honored. And mm -hmm. um and so it becomes too focused on on that and we don't want to offend anybody and whatever. Um, but both, I think, are, are missed, right? And I think that's kind of what John is talking a little bit about this. This is how we know that we have the spirit, right? Because we have that duality that exists of loving God, loving people that we can love because we know that God loves us. We know that he has Jesus. We know that Jesus loved us. We know that he atoned. And, it, and I love verse 12, right? No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Mm, yeah. Right. Through his spirit, as it says in verse 13. Absolutely. Well, I noticed that word complete jumps out at me quite mm -hmm. a, um, a little bit in this section, partly because the word love is so, so prevalent that just having another word that isn't love uh, kind of jumps out on its own accord because it, you know, just as a contrast to the word love, mm -hmm. but uh, I was going to look it up real quick in the Greek. Yeah. So that is that same. So uh, to be perfected or complete uh, comes from the Greek word. In this case, it's the verb uh, perfected or completed as a, as a, past perfect uh or a uh, perfect verb anyway it's from teleo um well my greek you guys understand i'm not a greek scholar i studied a little bit of greek in college and so i can look up blue letter bible and i can um use those skills and resources to dabble into greek so understand that i'm not a greek scholar but it's the same word in verse 13 or excuse me, verse 12, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is that teleos. This is that perfection, completion, come to a like fullness mm -hmm. of uh, 
And it's the same word that comes in verse 18, where it says, but perfect love, that is teleos love, drives out fear. And this Greek word love, which uh, many people make a big to-do about, is this agape love. And it's a, mm-hmm. a love that differs from maybe you could argue human love or at least uh, different aspects of love that we have in, in the world, right? Because you have, mm-hmm. we bandy about, we throw out this word love in our culture quite a lot. Um, oh, I just love your dress or I just mm-hmm. love that that cheeseburger or I just love that TV show or I just love that football team or I just love my pets, my children, my church. There's lots of things that we throw out and we say and use the word love in English. And I don't know that we would put them all in the same categories, or at least I hope that we don't, that we don't say I have the same degree of love for cheeseburger and French fries as I do for my parents, as I do for God. Right. One would, one would hope. Right. But also there's different kinds of love uh, in the Greek. And many people make big, you know, kind of Bible studies on these or sermons on these. You have Eros love, which is kind of your romantic uh, sexual love. You have um, Phileo, which is like a brotherly love or a brotherly affection uh, between friends. And then you have Agape, which is kind of a more intense, uh, one might even say unconditional, godly type of love. And I will say mm-hmm. that love is not just a feeling. I think there's feelings and emotions wrapped up in the word love. But mm-hmm. I also firmly believe that love can also be a choice. Oh, yeah. Like I can choose to love this person or I can choose to not love this person well and okay so i'll tell you i went to this wedding once and it actually almost made me laugh out loud which is not a good vibe for a wedding but um because in the vows instead of you know in sickness and health till death do us part they literally said in their vows until i till we stop loving each other oh good heavens and i thought Oh, okay. Well, you have it till about two hours after this wedding, right? When you're tired and cranky and, you know, you're trying to figure out packing for your honeymoon and all your in-laws are like waiting, where's my shuttle? Whatever, all this stuff, right? That comes bombarding. And I'm like, man, what? That's not setting yourself up for success, man. You know? Right. If it's just when we stop loving each other, because that's not how love works <laughs> right right absolutely but it's how we but you're right it's how we've like uh romanticized it or our cultural just has terrible ideas about love in general yeah well i fall in love with someone which means which means i can fall out of love with someone yeah and i mean if you think about the origin of love what does he say he says we love verse 19 we love because he first loved us mm-hmm. that's the origination of love we don't as much as we think we understand the concept of love i think apart from god apart from christ we understand 
a very poor copy and imitation of love. Well, I mean, no matter what, our love is conditional. It's just, I think, impossible to be a human and not have it to some extent, right? Unless we let the Holy Spirit do the heavy lifting, yep. Yeah, yeah. I think the Holy Spirit can intercede and help us to love those who we might not otherwise desire to love. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, on our own, of our own volition, we would be hard pressed to say, yes, I love everyone. Oh and man, be, I actually had a, be I had a, wonderful, a wonderful um, thing, actually an example from my congregation today. Now I won't share names, but we had these two gentlemen and uh, they kind of had a bit of a blowout this week. And so hurtful things were said, feelings were hurt, and, you know, I kind of had to come in with a little bit of a mom thing, like, if you can't say something nice, just don't say anything at all, right? Yeah. And um, so I was kind of nervous about how this morning was going to go, right? Because they both attend the church. And um, the one guy who really blew up apologized to the other guy, and the other guy said, Oh, yeah, I forgive you. And I was like, that's great. You know, I'm so good. So we have open testimony time. And uh, one of the guys gave the testimony that he really sought forgiveness from the other guy. And he was really grateful to get it. And then the second guy took the microphone and said, you know, when I came to church, I did not intend to forgive him. Okay. I was still mad. I was really mad. And I knew he was going to ask my forgiveness and I wasn't going to give it. But when it was happening, the Holy Spirit took a hold of my heart and said, forgive him. Mm. And so I did. And I still do, you know. Wow. Um, but I thought that's exactly right. You know, I was like, kudos on you for being honest, man, you know. But um, yep. he's saying I, I didn't come here with the intention to forgive. I really didn't. because I didn't right. think he deserved it. But the Holy Spirit just grabbed my heart and said, it's about more than this. Right. You know. Absolutely. Wow. That's awesome. It's a great testimony of the power of the Holy Spirit working. Mm -hmm. And I think cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes uh, we do our hardest work against the will of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> right we fight yeah. him tooth and nail we're like petulant teenagers who i don't want to do that <laughs> you don't know what happened and yet we know that god loves us and i i just think you know i i think we we talked about you know the luke 15 and the prodigal son and mm. uh the story of actually both sons are lost in that story of the prodigal son Mm -hmm. And how the father just showed such extreme, costly, sacrificial love to those boys and to have the differentiation in their responses to that love. Right. And I think that's the same thing that we have the free will to respond to God's love how we choose. Mm -hmm. And we can choose to say, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. We can choose to reject. We can choose to accept and say, I'm I'm going to accept the love God has for me. I'm going to accept the Holy Spirit. I'm going to accept mm -hmm. 
Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life. And I think if we do so, then, you know, it's responding to that abundant, unconditional, crazy love of God. And then why wouldn't our response be to love others? If well, we know that, where we've come from, you know? Exactly. Because our, our again, you know, as broken record here, but our, our relationship with God is not just about the me, right? It always yeah. has to do with the relationship of the whole, right? It is about the we, W-E, not M-E. Right. Um, and that's why I think when, when Paul is saying, or John, I'm sorry, when John is saying, if whoever says they love God, but hates their brother is a liar because right. you can't, you can't love God and loving God, I think is wanting to do what God says, right. And uh, wanting yeah, to absolutely. Live, live, live. you can't actually do that and then hate people. Right. You know, and, I, and it's not saying you can't have problems with people because the stuff's hard. That's why you need the Holy spirit. Right. People are difficult. And, and, and it's, you know, I can see sometimes where people use this kind of a thing again with that love thing. Well, if you really love me, you'd let me take advantage of you or do whatever I want or blah, 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 blah. That's yeah. not really love either. Right. Um, but it's about this, this, if I know who I am complete in God, complete in Christ, mm -hmm. I have full confidence in Christ's redemptive power in my life, then really you start to become un, unoffendable. Right. <laughs> Do Absolutely. you know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> like people's nonsense just isn't going to offend you because you know who you are. You know who God is. You know who wins. You know who the enemy is. Um, and you end up just getting able to be with people in a way that's just, I want your best. And I, that's what I think of for what love is. I mm -hmm. want your best. The best right. for you and the best from you and the best out of you, right? Mm -hmm. I think that I think that is the measure of love, at least when I'm thinking about it. When I think about people that I love, I want the best for them, but I also want the best in them, which is going to be essentially the best for them, right? To pull mm -hmm. out those qualities of, of, you know, truth, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, all, <laughs> all of that stuff. Nice. Thank you. That's my, that's the, well, it's not just my line. Clearly I got it from somewhere else too, but. Yeah. Well, anything else on that passage? Do you want to keep pushing along? I don't know. What's our time? Yeah. Yeah. Got 10 minutes. All right. 15 minutes. Can we can we get done challenge, with challenge accepted? All right. Huh? Let's chapter, do it. Chapter five. Oh man. Finish it up. I don't think oh, well, we need okay. Well. How about we just do like how about we just do the first five verses? All right. That way maybe we can finish it off next week. Got it. Okay. You got to read can, it? I can read this one. Okay. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. 
And everyone who loves the father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is the love for God to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Right. So it really ties into stuff we've already been saying, right? right? Especially that first section there. Everyone who believes that Jesus is born of God loves well, his child is, as well. This is the second half of that coin, right? So the first right. and four, he's saying, um, if you love God, you'll love people, right? Right. And then this one is, how do we know we love God? Because, you know, as we're loving people, we're keeping out his commandments, right? Right. Which is to love people. It's yep. circular. But John does a lot of circular stuff. Um, also, we have to remember, John is writing 2,000, give or take, years ago. And also, as we've said, oral tradition. But also, he tends to circle back around to things. Mm-hmm. And, and okay, if we love God, it's because he first loved us. And if he first loved us, loved us, then we love his son, Jesus. But if we do that, then we also have to love our brothers, because let's be real, you've seen your brothers, but you haven't seen God. So if you say that you love God, but you haven't seen him, how can you say that if you don't like your brother, if you hate your brother? But then also, okay, if we're doing all of that love stuff, then a natural outpouring is to obey the commands of God. And really the commands are just to love. Right. They boil down to that. I mean, think about when I we just covered... In, in Bible study, we talked about the the teacher of the law who came to Jesus and asked, teacher, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, well, what what's the law? What do you read? And he said, oh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, very good. That's You're well on your way, right? And then the guy says, well, who's my neighbor? And then it goes into the Good Samaritan story. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But if we backtrack to that, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's covered here, right? And love your neighbor as yourself. Well, that's covered here too. And in point of fact, love your neighbor as yourself comes from Leviticus chapter 19. And it's a whole section. Actually, that is uh, in that passage, in that one verse, love your neighbor as yourself. It's a culmination. It's the end of a verse that actually talks about don't hold a grudge or try to get revenge, but love your neighbor as yourself. And the chapter of Leviticus 19 is all about these very logical commands on how to live in community, how to treat your brother and sister in faith. Because you think about this is Old Testament. They would have been in the nation of Israel, the chosen of God. Mm-hmm. And it was how do you treat your fellow Israelite in that Old Testament context? And we can pull that today and really not be terribly unhelped by it because it's things mm-hmm. like don't treat them like you don't want to be treated and don't lie about them don't steal from them don't mm-hmm. you know burden them with you know burdens it's just it was it's really good stuff don't cause don't seek revenge don't use them for like if you think about um usury for monetary like lending them money and then charging them interest i'm gonna go pull it up because i want to 
Um, oh. While you're looking for that, it just reminds me of uh, my children will tell you this, but I, I often tell them I really only have two two main goals for their life. I want them to serve God supremely all the days of their life, mm-hmm. and I want them to not be jerks. <laughs> yes. That's it. Like, yes. that's what I want for their life. The rest of it, okay. But I think the rest is they, bonus. The rest is bonus, but I think if they can get those two things. Yep. Right? Like, it'll be okay for I will not worry about their future if they can yep. get those two things down. Yep. <laughs> So here in Leviticus 19, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in Leviticus 19, friends. I'm not saying that we need to worry about, you know, mixed threaded clothing. Okay. But it says things like, do not deceive one another. Do not swear falsely by my name. Do not defraud or rob your neighbor. Do not hold back the wages of someone you hired overnight. Do not curse the deaf or put a stumbling block in front of the blind. Do not... Pervert justice. Do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. Do not go spreading slander. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. Do not hate a fellow Israelite in your heart. Rebuke your neighbor frankly so that you will not share in their guilt. And then here's the verse um, talking about at the Good Samaritan. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but Love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Hmm. Those are all just, hey, don't treat each other. Don't be jerks. Just like you said, don't yeah. be a jerk. Don't treat each other just harshly. Don't. <laughs> don't, don't. I think of, you know, cursing the deaf and stumbling black of the blind. That's a childish. That would be right. a, I could see kids messing with each other like that. Because they have, they don't have the wherewithal of seeing outside of themselves. Mm-hmm. But that's a jerk, definitely a jerk move, right? Right. Or withholding wages from someone you hired because you can, because you have the power. Right. And God God turns power, the power plays on their heads. What does yeah. Jesus say numerous times in scripture in the gospels? The first shall be last and the last shall be first. The mm-hmm. least shall be greatest. The greatest shall be least. The, the The whole power dynamic in scripture is turned on its head. And it all kind of hinges on God's love. God's love for us. God's love for people. And then as a natural, a very natural response to God's love for us, as it says here in 1 John, we love because he first loved us. And if and if we're born of God, which we are, if we're in Christ, mm-hmm. we are overcomers. We have victory. Right. We have victory to overcome the world. And the world here is, is all the worldly stuff. Sin. Mm-hmm. People. Flesh. Yep. And we won't, and we won't be afraid of the, because, right. Because we know who God is. We know who our enemy is. We know who people are. And, uh, we won't have to, all the fears that come out of relationships, you know, um, those are, those are answered in the, in the heart of Christ. Yeah. 
when I think if we understand who we are in Christ, I I did a ton of study on, on identity mm-hmm. a few years back. And, you know, if we understand who we are in Jesus, in Christ, then we are a lot less prone to listening to the, what the world says about us because it just doesn't matter mm-hmm. because we have a surety, a confidence and assurance of who we are in Jesus that the rest of that is like, you can't speak into that. Cause I know who I am in Jesus. Yeah. And it almost gets comical, you know, when like, cause I also feel that, you know, sometimes when I get up to do a preach, when I get up to preach or someone asks me to speak or something, and I'll ever so often get that little twinge of like the, who do you think that you are, you know, and, and, and start to almost feel like the insecure fourth grader kind of a deal, you know. But then when I learn to recognize that, and I remember who God has told me that I am, it almost becomes like comical, like, oh, this again? Okay. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, and I know how, you know. I can deal with that. Right. Keep on going, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. God is good. All the time. (laughs) All the time. God is good. That's right. Gosh, been a minute for that (laughs) phrase. All right. I think um, this is a good place to stop for tonight. We can maybe, I I would venture to guess that next week we will finish this up, which will be great because then we Mm -hmm. do have, we have plans for the next phase. The next thing that we're going to tackle might take us a few weeks. Um, might take us a little longer than a few weeks. I'm not sure. I don't remember how many chapters, but um, I'm excited about what's coming next. Do you have any final thoughts for tonight? Oh, gosh. Um, I kind of already shared them. You know, but, um, the thing yeah. is, uh, I just I think I'll just highlight um, verse uh, chapter five, verse three. Okay. The fact is, this is the love for God to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. Yeah. And in that, your life will be better for heeding John's words here. Yeah. Treat people with kindness. Right. Right. The world is cruel enough. Amen. Um, and there is nothing that this world can't do to, like, that, like, <laughs> uh, maybe, well, people can still hurt you, but, um, the joy of knowing who you are in God and, and the sacrifice of him, I think that opens you up to being able to, to achieve a full level of a relationship that I think so many in our culture today miss because yeah. they're too afraid. I agree. Of really letting people know who they really are because they're ashamed. Yeah. Um, Because they haven't allowed God to truly love them. And because mm-hmm. they haven't allowed God to truly love them, they are incapable of truly loving another person. Yeah. And so I think in our culture, we wear a lot of love masks, mm. but it is really, really worth it. I think to do some soul searching on this because mm. God is, I think he's waiting to, to truly show us those things. And it's a scary venture to be so exposed, mm-hmm. um, but it's worth it. And I'm not saying I've achieved by any means. I'm closer than I was. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I have never been disappointed when I've loved a person. Well, Mm, I like that. 
and I agree. It's hard when it's not mutual. It's hard yeah. when it's not reciprocated. But we also only answer for our own actions. Mm -hmm. We can't answer for other people's. Right. And sometimes, I mean, boundaries are also love. So true. True. <laughs> 100%. Wow. Good stuff tonight, friend. I look forward to continuing the conversation on another evening. Oh, yes. But meanwhile, back at the ranch. We'll say good night and farewell or good day and farewell. Either way, farewell until next week. Either way, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and as I, as I always like to conclude, because I think it's an important reminder, God does bless us every day, but not so we just like hold on to it, but so that we can be a blessing to others. So Amen. we'll catch you guys next time.